Acts chapter 13 tonight. I try not to keep you long tonight, give you this thought I have on my mind. Uh, I'm going to use some military terms. I'll use some military terms. And if you don't know some military terms, go home and look them up. Because <laughs> I'm going to use some military terms tonight. Uh, in fact, the title of the message is MIA. There you go. The man who was missing in action. Chapter 13 of Acts, verse number 13. I'm not going to read the entire chapter. You, you know this chapter. Uh, you've studied this chapter. So I just want to read one verse. It's 13. Now, you read in chapter 13, verse 13, that's the number of rebellion, so you know ain't nothing good coming out of this one verse. Now when Paul and his company loose, loosed from Papos, and they came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your blessings. Lord, we thank you for your grace, Father. Help us to be what we need to be tonight, Lord, and we'll praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Here in Acts chapter 13, we find this what is called Paul's first missionary journey. He and Barnabas are sent out from the first church at Antioch and to be missionaries. Uh, they go to preach the gospel unto the Gentiles and also to the Jews that were scattered abroad. And here in Acts 13, we find that they take with them a young man called John. He's also known by John Mark. He's also known by Mark. He's also known by Marcus, but tonight we're just going to call him John Mark. We find that when Paul and Barnabas gets a long way uh, from the church of Antioch, and they are uh, ministering and they're seeing God doing mighty things, uh, they find something that's unusual that happens in the life of this young man called John Mark. Even though this it's unusual, but it's uh, not unusual to see this happen in the Christian people today. Now, preaching on his thought, like I said, the man that went missing in action. We find in a text, we originally goes with Barnabas and Paul uh, to do the work of God. And in the midst of the action, in the midst of the heat of the, uh, doing the spiritual battle, we find that this man abruptly turns around and retreats and runs. From the, from the place that he once stood boldly, we find that he's departing, and that was John Mark. It even causes a rift between Paul and Barnabas. In fact, turn to chapter 15, if you would, like chapter 15, look at that. And this is about five to six years later on in chapter 15 in verse number 36. He said, in some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit the, the, our brethren in every city that we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with him John, whose surname was Mark, but Paul thought not good to take with him with them, who departed from them when there's Pamphylia and went not with them to do the work. And the contention was so sharp between them, they departed asunder one from the other. So Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed. I'd like to say this before I get started. Even though John Mark 
goes missing in action, he did not get killed in action. Even though he, he went down, thank God he doesn't stay down. Even though he was a uh, MIA, he was AWOL, he was, K, he was not KIA in action. He didn't end up getting a moral wounded and quit on God. He didn't quit the church. He didn't quit the ministry. He just didn't totally just get out of it. And thank God there's some places for reenlistment, reinstatements, revival. Just because you've messed up, just because you failed the Lord, just because you let the church down, you let the pastor down, or you let the membership down, that doesn't mean that God can't restore you. He can't get you back in and use you for the glory down the road somewhere else. I, I was wondering what caused this young man to get in the action to begin with. What, what caused him to uh, get in? What caused him to jump in the action and decide that I, I, I like to go with Barnabas. I'd like to go with Paul. I, I see this. I'd like to do the missionary work. What caused him to do this? He was seeing people get saved. He was seeing God do great things. So what caused this man to jump in the action? I'm trying to preach to every heart here tonight, but mostly to the men. Ladies, I, uh, it, it can include you too, include you too, but I, I want to get to the men tonight. I want to try to give us something that will help us tonight. I believe what caused him to jump in the action tonight was well, turn to chapter 12. Turn back to chapter 12. Look at chapter 12. He saw some men that were strong. He saw men that were strong. I, 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 wonder, I don't want to read the whole entire story for it, but James, the brother of John, was killed by Herod. He laid his life down for the gospel. Peter was locked up in prison, and the, and the Lord springed pre, uh, Peter out of the prison, and John Mark was witness to all this in verse number 12. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Here we find this young man is at the house where they're all praying uh, and praying and beseeching God to get Peter out of jail and to set him free uh, from the prison. And what causes John Mark to, to, to get into the action, he saw some real men. Now let me just say this tonight. I believe the church needs some real men to stand up and be what God wants them to be. He was in a town where James were preaching the word of God. And when they said, you better stop preaching this gospel. You better stop preaching about Jesus. If you don't, we'll kill you. James had already purposed in his heart to, that he was going to do what God had wanted him to do. He was not going to sit down. He was not going to shut up. He kept on preaching. And they did exactly what they said they'll do. They, they, they got James and they killed James. So James loses his life and Peter's in jail. Peter would not recant. Peter would not turn around. 
He wouldn't re, uh, repent of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Peter stuck to his guns. We need some more men that's going to stick to their guns. When Jesus called them uh, to be what they wanted to be, they need some real men. Our kids need to see some real men to stand up and say, hey, I'm serving God, I'm loving God, and I'm not going to recant. That's what we lack in the churches today. I love the ladies in the churches. I realize the churches would not be where the churches would be yet if it had not been for the ladies. But can I say this? God did not call you to be the leadership of the church. God has called men to step up and be the leaders of this church. In any church, God has called men to step up and be leaders in the church. He's called them to step up and be leaders in the homes and step up and be leaders out in this community today. That's what God has called men to do. And I understand if it hadn't have been for the women in a lot of churches today, they would have been closed up. Because men are not being real men anymore. They're not standing up and giving God the glory and showing the world, I am not going to recant. I am a Christian. He saw some real men. He said, that's what I want to be. Our children need to see some real men today that stand up and be what God has called them to be. They need to be an example for them today. We've got some children around here, and especially these young children, Young boys in here, they need to see some real men stand up and say, hey, this is how you serve God. I'm walking with God. I'm loving God, and I'm not turning back. They need to see that. He saw some real men serving God. He wanted to be in the action. He wanted, that's what he wanted to be. Then he saw some miracles that were stunning. Here in this chapter, they're at John Mark's mother's house. Mary. And they've been praying, they've been all been praying, they gather there to pray and asking God to deliver Peter from the jail. And while they're praying, God does it. God does it. And God answered their prayers and Peter shows up at the house. And John Mark is watching all this transpire. He's seeing though. He saw them kneeling down. He saw them praying to God, asking God to deliver Peter. He understood that James has already lost his life. James was not going to recant. He kept on preaching. He understood that Peter was going to die. He was going to die in prison. They were going to kill him. But next thing you know, they, he saw them praying. He saw them praying and all of a sudden Peter's at the house. He saw some miracles that were stunning. I believe that we in the church need to see God answer some prayers every now and then. I believe the church, sitting in church, I believe we need to see some miracles happen in the church every now and then. Amen? And we ought to see those things. We ought to see some prayers answered once in a while in the church. We ought to see some sinners get saved. Lives been changed. Amen? The prodigals come back in. I pray for all those that have gone away. Lord, touch them. Lord, lead them. We need some encouragement. And we need to encourage somebody to get in the action. We need some people to get in the action. And when they start seeing God show up, that's what they're doing. He sees God shows up.
He sees God answer the prayers. He, he wants in the action. He wants to get in the action because he saw real man. These are what men are supposed to do. These are real men. He saw miracles happen. The things like this don't ordinarily happen. He saw people praying and God answering prayers. That's what he wanted. Then he heard a message that was stirring. Verse 24 of chapter 12. And I, I love this. Underline this in your Bible and you read it, you repeat it yourself daily. But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned and Saul, this is Saul here, this is the last time it's going to be called Saul, it's going to be called Paul but now. Returned from Jerusalem and when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John whose surname was Mark. No doubt the house that they stayed in in Jerusalem was John Mark's mother which was Barnabas' sister. So this is Barnabas' nephew that is seeing all this stuff. He, he, he's seeing how his uncle is. He's how his uncle's been a real man. He's setting an example before his nephew. and He says, hey, this is what real men do. But he heard the message of the word of God. He's been heard the preachers. He's heard Bonhamers preach, preach the word of God. He's heard Paul preach the word of God. He's heard these men preaching the word. And it stirred him. Let me just say this. If the word of God doesn't stir your heart some way, some fashion, somehow, something's wrong with you. If the preaching don't stir you, if the singing don't stir you, I'd find me a church where it does stir my heart. Amen. I don't want to be in a church where it's some dried up, dead up serving and some dried up, dead up singing that doesn't move me, doesn't stir me. I want to be in a church that stirs me. Amen. We need some good preaching. Why do you think I get these preachers to come in here? Amen. He heard some preaching that stirred him. And it, it got down in his soul. It got down in his body. We, we, need some, we need some preaching that'll poke you. Amen. We've we gotten so used to this dried up stuff. You can't get poked. We need some preachers to come in and just poke us. Get us right where we're at. Get right down where you're at and just poke you. No, ain't you ain't supposed to be that way. He, he wanted in the action because he saw some strong men, real men do things. He saw, he saw the miracles that was happening. And he heard a message that stirred his heart. He wanted to go where the action was. But here we find him missing in action. I wish I could say that everybody that I saw get in the action, everybody I saw that came to the altar, everybody I saw that get saved would just stay in the action, but I'd be lying. A lot of them don't stay in the action. A lot of them get to a point and say, this is it. I've had it. And wind up getting out of the action, giving up on God. I want to try to help you not to get out of the action. How to stay in the action tonight. So if we know what caused him to get in the action, let's see what caused him to get out of the action. Verse chapter 13. I believe the first thing I see 
he was farther than he had ever been in strength or stamina. You, you may ask, what do you mean by that? Well, just look about the time they leave at the beginning of chapter 13 to the time that John Mark turns around and goes back to Jerusalem. They've traveled almost a thousand miles. 18 months they've been traveling. They travel a, a thousand miles and most of it's walking on the desert, walking in there. They didn't have horses. They didn't have mules. They didn't have camels. They didn't have automobiles. They were walking. They were going. And not only that, there were two trips by sea and John Mark was with them. I believe he went further than he'd ever been before in his strength. He, he probably got to think and says, I've never done this before. I, I've never been this far before. He, he's away from home the first time. And, and while he's away from home, he sees things that he had never seen before. He's not comfortable. When he first got in, he thought, man, this is going to be great. We're going we're gonna to preach the word. Uh, we're going to see some miracles happen. We, everything's going to be great. Uh, it's just going to be wonderful. He didn't realize, hey, there's going to be a lot of labor. There's going to be a lot of work in serving God. He finds out it's going to cost him serving God. A lot of people find out after serving God for a long time, it ain't all ice cream and cake. It's what he found out, a lot of us found out by living and serving God is it gets tough sometimes. It's not always easy. He found out that his feet were hurting. He found out his back was hurting from carrying the heavy load. Is my body's tired. I'm hungry. I'm cold. I'm thirsty. I'm being persecuted. It ain't like living back at the house of mama in Jerusalem. I, everything was given to me. Everything was comfortable. I was comfortable there. This ain't like that. Out here, it's hard. It's real. It hurts. And there's pain. And people don't always like you. You know why some people go missing in action? After they start serving God? Because it gets tougher than they thought it would ever be. It gets a little further, get a little further, and they're, then they're willing to go. I wonder maybe he got to the spot and said, boys, I'm through. I, I've come to the, as far as I'm going to go right here, boys. I'm gone. I found out a lot of Christians have an imaginary line drawn in their Head and said, you know what, I, I, this is as far as I, I'm going to serve God. <laughs> this is as far as I'm going to go in sanctification. This is as far as I'm going to go in separation. This is as far as I'm going to go serving God. I, I imagine a lot of us has probably got that line in our minds right now. This is where I will stop. I won't go beyond that point. This line, I remember in Schwarzkopf, drove a line, said I draw a line in the sand, and this is where you cannot come. I believe a lot of Christians have drawn a line in their mind that says, this is as far as I will go with God. I believe that's what he did. It, it got hard on him. He didn't have mama there to pat him on the back. 
It was hard. He hurt. He was hungry. He was cold. And people don't always love you when you start talking about Jesus. Amen. They don't always love you. You're going to be persecuted. He says, boys, I have come as far as I'm going to go. And I can't go no further. How far are you willing to go in your worship? Preach, I've done all that I can do. And I ain't going no farther. You know what they find out? It's a cost. It's going to cost a lot to go further with God than you anticipated. It cost them a lot to go further with God and further with God. It may cost you some friends. It may cost you some fun. It may cost you some family. It may cost you a lot of time. It may cost you some pain. It may cost you some entertainment. It might cost you a lot of things. But can I tell you tonight, it is worth it going all the way with God. Thank God living for Jesus and walking with God. I have never regretted a minute. I never said no. I can't go no further. I've never looked back. I may have gotten weary in the way, but I've never gotten weary of the way. I've gone forward. I'm not going to look back. I'm going to keep my head going straight. I know there's a prize ahead of me. I'm not worried about what's behind me no more. I'm going to serve God all the way. He said, boys, I've come as far as I want to come. We've seen that with a lot of Christians. I've gone as far as I want to go. Maybe he got out of the action because he'd never been in the storms like he'd been in. He sails on two journeys with Paul. And if you study the Bible in 2 Corinthians chapter 11... Paul tells us that he was shipwrecked three times. Three times. But ain't it odd he only gives us one account in Acts chapter 27 of one shipwreck? If he's been shipwrecked three times and he gives us an account of one time, I've got to think my mind went crazy. Just maybe, just maybe John Mark was with him on one of those occasions that he was shipwrecked. And just maybe that uh, uh, John Mark was there and that waves got the rolling and got the talking. And then let me just say this right off the bat. They didn't have no ocean liners. These were primitive boats. I mean, they didn't have a downside. They didn't have a, you can go below deck. Uh, everything was on the same deck. Uh, it was, the animals, every, everything was on the same deck with you. And they happened to travel. One trip was 150 miles in boat. Can you imagine this now? Get this. Here he is, John Mark. Ain't been around from Jerusalem. He's done walked this time. His feet's hurting. His back's hurting. He's being persecuted. And then Paul says, Boy, we got to go. Get on the boat. Okay. Get out in the middle of that ocean. That storm starts raving. Uh, them waves start throwing that boat, tossing, turning back and forth. Next thing you know, John Mark's hanging over the side going, anybody bring the Dramamine? Throwing up. He had never been in something like this before. Just maybe one time. He was shipwrecked with Paul. There he is out in the ocean floating around. 
praying that somebody come by and get him out of this water. He had never been in a storm like this before. Finally, maybe he just got to the point and said, you know what, guys, peace out, I'm out of here. I'm through. I can't do this no more. Now, I've, I've had people tell me that exact words. I can't do this no more. I told you this morning, wears him in serving God. It, 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 it wears me down serving God. It wears me out serving God. I, I'm not going to go through this pain. I'm not going to go through this hurt. I'm not going to be shipwrecked. I'm not going to be lost at the storm. I'm not going through that. He said, peace out, peace out, boys. I'm gone. And I say this, sure, there's going to be storms in life. There are going to be storms that's going to rock your world. There's going to be storms you never dreamed that will ever come your way. It's going to be in your family, in your health, in your finances. But can I tell you right this moment, right now, you need to make your mind up before the storm even comes your way. And I'm not going back. I'm not turning around. I'm in it for the long haul. And yes, the further I go, and yes, that I've been, I've never been through this before, but I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep on going for God. Maybe some of you have been farther than you've ever been before in your life with God tonight. Just maybe it had been a storm that he's never been in before. He's never seen before. Maybe Maybe it was a fight that had never been in before. He had been staying at his, at his house where his shelter and his mama, uh, they sheltered him. He had never been in a fight like this before. Look at chapter 13, verse number 6. They found a sorcerer. That's, that's something odd there. They found a false prophet there. Now, he's, he's never ran into people like this. He's never seen people like that. Verse 8, Laemus, the sorcerer, for, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Paul, who's also called Saul, who's also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes upon him and said, O full of salty and unmischief, thou child of the devil, the enemy of the righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? He, Paul, Paul cuts him down. You know, you, know, you can chop on the wood like it and you just, Paul, Paul lets into him and just starts chopping on him, letting him know who he was. And he said, now, and now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell upon him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeing some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what he had done, believing, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Maybe he got out of the action because the fight that he was in. 
Now, this is a two-fold fight that Paul is doing right here. It was a spiritual fight. He ain't never seen anything like it before. They didn't have this going on in Jerusalem. But now he's out in the real world. He gets away from that Jerusalem's cage, that, uh, his mother's house, and he encounters a man full of the devil. A sorcerer, a man that stands against the preaching and cries against the preaching. He, he, he runs into somebody and says, I don't want to hear that. But Paul cuts him down. <laughs> cuts him down to size. And just maybe, just maybe John Mark was thinking, this is beyond what I thought it would be. This is beyond the way I used to look at it. I've never seen it this way before. Can I say, if you get too comfortable sitting in church, the walls, four walls of the church, you just might get to thinking the world outside ain't all that bad. But I promise you this, I promise you this, once you leave these four walls, the devil will come out. You can stand out there and you can have your hand out to tracks and you can witness to those uh, and tell them Jesus died for them uh, and Jesus died for their sins and once it appointed for men to die and then the judgment. You can stand there and tell them all this, but the devil will come out and the devil will cry against you and the devil will stand against you. And you'll find out this world is not your friend no more. This world is not your friend. This world does not love your God and this world does not love your Jesus. You know why some people go back when the spiritual warfare gets on and the devil sits down on them, sits down on their house, sits down on their family, sits down on their finances. They will start second guess what God can do to them. Maybe I'll just back up a little bit. I won't go that far. I won't cross that line. I'll stay right in man. It was a spiritual fight. But it was a stern fight. Paul cuts this, this boy down to size. Thou shall be blind. Boy, ain't that something? Thou shall be blind. And I, I, see, I see John Mark standing by watching this stuff going on. Man, I'm not used to this. This ain't what I thought being out here was going to be like. I thought we were going to come out here and we are going to preach and we are going to see a lot of people get saved. We are going to see people shouting and running up down the roads. We are going to see people just going to hand us stuff. They are going to feed us. They want to carry our bags. I thought all that stuff, but here I am. I'm out to carry my stuff. My feet hurt. I'm cold. I'm tired. I'm hungry. People don't like me. I don't know if I can go any further. Now Paul is standing here telling this man, Thou shalt be blind. You've got to be kidding me. Really? Just maybe John Mark was just too kind-hearted. Too kind-hearted. I thought about that. Man, that was kind of an abrupt thing to say, thou shalt be blind. But you know what? Paul had to be stern. Paul could not have been soft. If Paul was soft, he would have lost the sorcerers and the deputy. He would have lost both of them. It would have been a game. Paul's thing is, I'm going to be stern. I may lose one, but I'll gain the other. And Deputy said, hey, surely this doctrine of Paul's is great. Surely the Lord is great. 
Paul says, I, I'd rather gain one and lose the other than lose both of them. Sometimes you're just going to have to be stern. Sometimes some people are just going to have to be told, you got to go. You got to go. And that reminds me of what Jason said. You got to go. You got to go. Maybe he was just too kind-hearted. He didn't want to see people treated that way. Paul says, I've got to be stern in order to gain and then lose everything. Turn to chapter 4 of 2 Timothy. I'll, I'll finish with this. Let's go home. Y'all probably saying, that preacher preached too long. Preached too long today. He's preaching too long tonight. I believe there was a fire that could not be put out. Like I told you from the beginning, he, he made it went missing in action, but he didn't get killed in action. He didn't stay missing in action. Here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, this is nearly 20 years after he leaves Paul and Barnabas. And let me remind you that 10 years prior to this, Barnabas had taken John Mark back in. And obviously, John Mark had started serving God faithfully. From that point to this point, in, 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 in this part right here in chapter 4 of uh, 2 Timothy, but also in 1 Peter, in chapter 5, verse 13, uh, Peter said, that great apostle said, said that a Marcus, my son, my beloved son in faith. John Mark had, had gotten to the point that in, Bar in Barnabas' eyes and in Peter's eyes, that he was a blessing, that he had become a blessing. Verse 9. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved the present world, and is departed into Thessalonica, Caesarean, and Galatia, and Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Now get this, look here. Take Mark and bring him with thee. For he is profitable to me for the ministry. Profitable. Mm. There was a fire that couldn't be put out in his service. He may have went down, but he didn't stay down. He may have got back up again. And you may be sitting here tonight and saying, Preacher, I feel that there's some fires in my life that have gotten missing in action. I'm not doing what I should be. I can't go forward. But let me just say this. Take one step with God. Let God lead you. There's something burning inside of him. Maybe there's some things in your area in your life that say, I haven't gone as far as I need to go. And take that step out. I'm glad to report to you tonight. If you don't get anything else. If you don't get nothing else. Get this. Failure is not final. Failure does not have to be final. You don't have to let the, uh, the record be, be a record that failure. You don't have to let it be your defining character of your, who you are. You can go on. You can be profitable.
again, for the service of God. Something that he saw about Paul and Barnabas back when he was younger, something he saw them when he was young, even though he went back, even though he got out of the action, there was something that he saw that he said, I'm going to be that too. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to uh, live for God. There's some fire that couldn't be put out inside of him. There's a fire that couldn't be put out in his service. There's something that he heard. There was something that he saw that was burning inside of him. There was also a fire that couldn't be put out for the scriptures. What do you mean a fire could be put out for the scriptures? Does anybody know what the second book of the New Testament is? God we're talking about. God, God saw him. God saw what he was in. And God saw his heart. Saw how he served him. And God blessed him to write the 16 chapters of Mark. And tell us what he thought about it. There was a fire that he couldn't put out in the scriptures. Matthew writes about Jesus being the king of the Jews. Luke writes about being the son of man. John writes about being Jesus being the son of God. But John Mark writes about Jesus as the servant. He inspired by the Holy Ghost that gives us the entire book of gospel of Mark tonight. That's been a help to us, a blessing to us. You've read it, you've understand it. I believe that way back somewhere when he was young, Christian in the over in the Acts when the Bible started. That the word of God grew and multiplied in his life. He'd been sitting there listening to Barnabas. He'd been sitting there listening to Paul and preach the gospel. And he got into his heart. He got into his bones. So his words was my heart has a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary and forbearing, and I could not stay. The word was burning in his heart, but he finally had to get it out. This man that went missing in action, but he did not stay missing. He ended up getting right with God. He writes the gospel of Mark, becomes profitable to Barnabas, becomes profitable to Peter, and and becomes profitable to Paul. All three say that John Mark has been a blessing. Failure is not final. Failure is not final tonight. I'm saying this tonight, church. Man, woman, make your mind up now. Make your mind up now. Don't go missing in action. Don't get killed in action. Because there's going to times you might think, I've come as far as I want to go. And I can't go no farther. You say, well, that ain't never happened to me. I'll tell you what. You must be some super Christian. Because it's happened to me over and over and over. I've said, Lord, I just can't go no further. But <laughs> his words were burning in my heart. Down in my bones. And I had to. Got to make your mind up tonight. You have to make your mind up tonight.